Well, hello, welcome back to Let's Open the Bible on this Thursday. It's Russ and uh, sitting across from Gavin. Uh, hello. Hello. And uh, great conversation yesterday as we looked at um, at uh, that passage from 1 Corinthians 8. Uh, just such a great text and, and good conversation. I think I personally thought that was very helpful. Listener, if you missed it, please go back and listen to that. Uh, because this... This conversation, in some ways, kind of piggybacks off of that. So I want to give you a chance to get there. Uh, maybe it's been a minute since you've been in Exodus. The good news is it's actually fairly easy to find. It's the second book of the Bible. And so if you go to Exodus chapter 2, uh, find verse 11. I'm going to read verses 11 and 12, and I'm going to ask our friend Gavin. Well, maybe he's your friend. Maybe he's not. I'll call him a friend. Uh, I'm going to ask my friend. Our Gavin. friend and yours. Yeah. You don't know him, which yeah. is why he probably could be your friend. So, uh, right. Get to know him. That may change. But he's my friend for today. Ben, offended. <laughs> if you'll read, uh, if you'll pray, I'll read. Are you reading or am I? You're praying. I'm reading. I confuse that completely. Heavenly Father, um, let us pause to be in awe of you. And let us think that you can do far more abundantly right now than we ask or think. And I, I can think right now that, that you could open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your word. And you can do more than that. I could think that you could bless us with a good day of, of being in your word and, and gleaning great and wonderful things that, that are applicable to our lives and to our very souls. And you can do more than that. I believe that this word could go out. It could speed ahead and be honored. Uh, and and I, can, I can think that. And yet your word tells us that you can do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. So you, you could definitely do more than that. And so, God, I, I want to sit back today and just be in awe of what you're going to do. Um, and maybe in your good grace, you could show me some of that. And I, and I will just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 2, verses 11. I'm going to read verses 11 and 12. It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown. I think that's an interesting detail uh, that's recorded there. This wasn't some infant that uh, didn't know uh, his right from wrong here. But when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. You know, we see in Romans that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So I want to talk just a little bit about um, some messaging that... Uh, I recently encountered, and, and for those that live in other countries, you may or may not have access to the movie Jesus Revolution. I had the privilege to go see an early, uh, an early release of that movie and uh, this past week. So it dropped, I think, officially on Friday, uh, the last Friday before this episode is airing. And uh, I saw it a week ago from the day this episode airs. And it chronicles the um, Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith from 1969-1970. It was a, a time where uh, there was a lot of rebellion and hippies. Vietnam War was still in full effect, and and these so-called hippies were, um, you know, there was this there was this hippie movement where um, 
you know, they were calling for peace. There was a lot of music at that time that was, um, you know, a in protest to the war. In fact, some of my, you know, favorite secular music actually come from that period. And uh, and so this movie chronicles this Lonnie Frisbee, who was a hippie, who had a, a drug addiction that, that God uh, seemed to redeem him from, who was very uh, persuasive, and he, he comes across this guy named Chuck Smith, who is a, is a pastor of a small dying church, and uh, he was an older guy, and as happens with um, a lot of small dying churches, uh, they're older in their congregation, and they're very inward-focused very uh, not accepting of younger, progressive ideas, things that maybe they don't understand or don't agree with. In fact, there was a scene in the movie uh, where uh, Chuck Smith and his wife were on the couch watching the news, and the news was covering uh, some hippies, and his his wife said something about uh, what they needed, and, and he said, he made the comment, uh, what they need is a shower. It was kind of funny. But, um, and so I, I had this encounter with this movie, which I, I highly commend, although I will warn you that there may be more drug reference in there that you may be comfortable with. But I, I thought it, from what I know of the movement, the Jesus Revelation movement, uh, revolution movement that took place in uh, 1970, from what I know of it, this is a, a really very accurate account. One of the reasons why it's so accurate is because one of the main characters in the movie uh, who is very much alive today is a guy by the name of Greg Glory, and he pastors Harvest Crusade Church in California where this movement began, and he was uh, very much a part of, uh, of the movement, and so uh, he was very young at the time and came to Christ uh, through that movement. Before I forget, there's an interesting thing about Greg Laurie is that he was a hippie and he was rebellious and he was raised yes. by a single mother who was was scandalous and you know you you can it's that's a fascinating my, there's a uh, there's a book at my office about his it's a biography of his and um, um, it's like Bad Boy or no nah, it's not that I forget what it is uh, but anyways and and my son keeps picking it up and reading it like he 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 loves that book I don't know why but anyways um, Greg Laurie. Fascinating character. You can read yes. about him. But as he, he would, in his rebellion, he would walk by Chuck Smith's house and unbeknownst to him and unbeknownst to Chuck Smith, uh, that was one of his pathways he got to and from, I think, the beach. And Chuck Smith's wife would pray for these hippies that walked by her house. Um, and And that was something that kind of came to light recently that perhaps she prayed over Greg Laurie where neither one of them knew Greg Laurie was saved dedicated his life to Christ and has walked that walk well. Chuck Smith has walked the walk well. Now, I, I would I would I have I'm very distinct from them theologically, right? But they have finished as far as, as they are now in their life and they're well into their life. They have walked the walk well. They have finished the course. I will say this Lonnie Frisbee died of AIDS. Yes he did. And he was he was practicing um allegedly well, it seems pretty much that everybody acknowledges that he was living kind of two lives at one point. Um, most of the people that know him well, in fact, at his funeral, Chuck Smith spoke of him as a Samson figure. You know, he is he is Samson. He was a very flawed individual that God did great things through, right? So that would be Samson. Yeah. I wonder, though, you know, I, I, I don't know. And there's no way of knowing this. I just want to put this caveat out there to wrestle with. Is he the one that says, Lord, Lord? 
you know, didn't we do many great works? I mean, didn't we cast out demons? And he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I I don't know which one. I don't know. The the key to that was, I never knew you. It's not, I knew you, but I no longer know you. Right. It was that I never knew you. Right. And there will be many who profess Christ that never really knew him, that he never knew them. Right. But Lord, Lord, most people say is indicative that they believe that they're saved. Right. So Lonnie Frisbee was a very charismatic guy, and many people came to faith. In fact, I I have no doubt, as much as I am able to know, that Greg Laurie is a genuine, legitimate man of faith. We disagree doctrinally. And I have no doubt that he is a genuine, legitimate man of faith. Chuck Smith, an uh, expository preacher, he's he he does the the work of getting into the text and preaching the text faithfully. We would disagree theologically, and I have no doubt that Chuck Smith is saved, right? But Lonnie Smith, uh, Lonnie Frisbee, I'm sorry, Lonnie Frisbee, uh, is he the Philippians one that? preach Christ out of envy and rivalry or whatever else. Because you said in the movie, Chuck Smith actually had to remove him from the church. Is that correct? Because of pride. So was he one? I didn't say that, but yes. Okay. Was he one that preached Christ with wrong motives and was never saved? Or was he one that was a Samson figure that was greatly flawed? And the movie's not going to give you that. The movie, You could say, well, the movie presented it like this, but that doesn't show his heart. Yeah, if the movie's accurate, okay, then... Um, you would you would believe that uh, he was just deeply flawed and that he was a believer. And in fact, I saw an, uh, an interview with Greg Laurie, who said, "With all of my uh, with all of my being, as much as I can possibly know, I believe Lonnie Frisbee's in heaven." Yeah, and so what I love about that is that the people that know him best. Which is not Russ Fox, right? It's not Gavin. Pratt. Absolutely. I, I I've never met the man. He died in seventy something. I don't know. Maybe it was 80. but it was, I, think, I think it was in the 80s. I think it was. I think it was like yeah. 82, 84, something like that. Anyways, I've never met him. In fact, I'm not sure that I heard of him. I was the one – I wondered if he invented the Frisbee. You know, like – and I don't mean to be mm. disrespectful, but I – so um, so we don't know him. And the people that see, that spent the most time with him say that, that there is great evidence that he was saved. They recorded – in the movie, they recorded a statement that he made – um, so Chuck Smith's daughter picked him up. He was hitchhiking and this is in the trailer. I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. Um, Chuck Smith said, you know, if God wanted me to minister to hippies, he'd bring one to my house. And sure enough, she shows up with Lonnie Frisbee, a hippie that she picks up hitchhiking. And, and one of the things that he said to, I believe it was Chuck Smith's daughter was, is that he had been doing everyone and everything. And the implication there was, is that he had had some homosexual relationships as well as a drug addiction, which he uh, does acknowledge, I think in life. And so being that he died from AIDS, of course, the speculation is and maybe some of the conversation is is that he'd return to some of the homosexual ways maybe he did I don't know uh, I know Greg Laurie doesn't think he did but certainly I think he I think he does think he did but no he in the interview he said he didn't think so that he had returned I think he said he, that he didn't know that but that there is some open right. conversation that he did yeah and of course he could have got you know AIDS from a from a shared needle or sure, whatever sure. we're kind of getting a little bit uh, off the track what I was wanting to do but I do want to commend the book uh, Lennon Dylan Alice and Jesus this is the only book by Greg Laurie I've written I'm a music guy I, I like read. 
Yeah. I've read this. Yeah. yeah, I'm a music guy. I like music. This was a very interesting book. And what he does is he talks about some of these big, I mean, John Lennon, Alice Cooper, uh, Bob Dylan, and, and Jesus Christ. And he talks about these superstar musicians and some of which come to faith in Christ, some of which don't. He talks about the 27 Club. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how many, uh, you know, Joplin, yeah, Joplin and, yeah. yeah, 27 years old. Some of these musicians die. It's, and the list is big. It's kind of, it's odd. Cobain is another one. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so then also Saturday, after watching the movie, uh, Saturday we go, and again, listener, you may not have access to Winter Jam. It's a, it's a group of, of Christian, contemporary Christian artists uh, that uh, come together for New Song Lead This Up, one of the contemporary Christian uh, bands uh, that are pretty well known in the United States. They, they come together, and for a really small amount of money, they put on a whale of a show, and it's long. I mean, it's like four hours. Uh, and, uh, but one of the really neat things about that is they have a tour pastor that shares the gospel. Now he doesn't do it the way I do it. He's a good storyteller. He's very, very, you know, I guess hip and cool and all of those things, everything I'm not. Uh, so, you know, he does it very differently than I do, but he's very effective. And, uh, but, but also the artists, many of the artists, um, are, are very transparent with their testimonies and there were so many just really heartfelt testimonies. Um, and it was, it was just a really good time. I didn't agree with all of the music. I didn't necessarily like all the music, but I had an absolute blast. Like, I don't know that all of that music was really Christian. I don't know that it was all edifying, but I know this, all of the young people that I saw were really into it. And some of that music was doctrinally sound, really good stuff. I love wrestling with that, like what is appropriate. I, I, I love the, the the cognitive intellectual exercise of what is appropriate. Yeah. But one thing that, that was said to me that I actually agree with, and and I know I, I do this a lot on this podcast because we do try to keep it short. This is a longer conversation, which I would love to have. But the thing that was said that really helped me a little bit was, do you think God finds uh, a, a greater category spectrum of music honoring to him glorifying to him than i do and i would say yes that there are people in all different cultures of the world that offer up praise music that i might not find enjoyable palatable anything else but it's worship to god and that and i am a regulative principle guy i'm 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 the bible kind of guards what i find is appropriate but i think the category or the spectrum of, of music that is appropriate worship to god is far broader than than i'm comfortable with yeah and and again that's not a license for anything i'm very you know a doctrinal guy i don't th- and i think beauty beauty is is a reflection of god himself those are long and and good conversations but but just the idea that you know, sometimes we sit back and go, well, I can't believe this is in three, four time versus four, four time. And I've heard those arguments about the heartbeat versus that. And I go, oh my word. So, sometimes uh, I, th- I think we take off the table that which God finds pleasing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. Um, so so one group in particular, the headline that, that closed out the show is a group called We the Kingdom. Now, as it turns out, I'd actually heard a lot of the songs they played. I didn't. I couldn't have told you a song they sang beforehand. So the um, the main male lead singer. They have a, a a main lead female and a main lead male. Um, 
I don't know where they stand as far as theology or doctrine or denomination or anything like that. But if I had to guess, I would say they're maybe a little more Pentecostal uh, than than I would be. Um, and that's not a that's not a judgment. That's just a uh, uh, an observation. Uh, and so there was one song. I'll, I'll mention this. I really enjoyed the song quite a bit. In fact, I'll download the song. I can't remember the name of it, but I do plan on downloading the song. Really liked it. I think Jesus is. I think that was the name of it. So at, towards the end of it, and I doubt the recorded version does this. Are you familiar with Fleetwood Mac? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. the, the Chain? The song yes. The Chain? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they incorporated some of that into the song, not the, the lyrics, yeah. but the drum beat yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah. And, I, and I, of course, I recognized that immediately. Uh, again, that takes me back to the 80s and all that. And so I thought, wow, didn't see that coming, you know. And then they kind of went into this bluesy thing, and I love the blues. It was really good. Uh, and I doubt I can download that, right. right? But when the main lead vocalist shared his testimony, having seen Jesus' revolution, and in the background, just thinking about some of the things that are going on in the world, it all kind of came together in my mind. Because here's a guy, he's an incredible musician, incredible musician, great voice. You would maybe say he's been blessed, God's blessed him with this gift, I don't know. But as it is with you and, and with me, to whatever our, our gifts are, there's another side to us. And he began to share his addiction issues. And that took me to the Jesus Revolution. And in that movie, and again, I, listen, again, I don't know Lonnie Frisbee. I'm, I was too young to know what was going on in 1970. I was two. But based on the movie, solely based on the movie, if that is in any way an accurate depiction, God used Lonnie Frisbee in a powerful way. Now, based on the movie, pride got the better of him. And, and all that. But what's not argumentative is it seems clear that there was a bit of a revival that spread through young people, through college campuses across the country that was at least in part uh, influenced by Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith and, and then ultimately Greg Laurie. And yet they were deeply flawed people. You know, Lonnie Frisbee had his trouble with drugs and all this, but there was a comment made by the, the Lonnie Frisbee character in the movie to Chuck Smith that really, it, it's something I'd never thought of. And when I heard this We the Kingdom, this musician talking about it, I was reminded of this conversation. And the conversation he had was, so back in the 70s, I guess acid was a really big thing. And he was talking about, he said, Chuck, don't you see that um, what, what the people are looking for is God? And they looked for it in acid. And they were disappointed because God wasn't there. And I thought about our current culture. And, you know, we just talked about Sam Smith in yesterday's podcast episode and uh, they, the Satan and all of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these, these uh, homosexual relationships. I'm looking at the uh, mutilation of uh, the, you know, being 
transitioning from a male to a female or vice versa, right? And how the church just has really handled that in many ways poorly. Very judgmentally judgy, as I, I think somebody wants it. Kind of the same way that this Chuck Smith church was portrayed against the hippies. And I thought, it was very convicting. As I thought, you know what? We, we, we don't want to condone sin. We never want to condone sin. But what if in their own way, uh, these people are confused? And what they're looking for is God. They're looking for God in the wrong places, yes. Just like in the 70s, you know, that maybe they were looking for it in acid. Uh, yeah, let, let, let me. Yeah, try I just th- thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Try this on for size. I believe that every sin is some type of perversion of a gift from God. So, so let's go drugs. Okay. Uh, w- w- what do drugs do that people enjoy? Yeah, I mean, not a straw man. What? Is, so let me well, back up. Let me back up because somebody out there may be going, "How dare you talk about sin as as pleasurable?" Well, the Bible says there is a fleeting pleasure of sin. Hebrews eleven, yeah. right? There's a fleeting pleasure of sin. We've discussed it before. So, so what is what is the benefit? The 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 temporal, momentary benefit, the fleeting pleasure of, of drugs? Well, uh, it's an escape from reality. Okay, it All right. numbs. So, Okay, so so uh, a reality that is painful is what you're escaping. You're not trying to right. escape from a pleasurable reality. You're trying to escape right. from some painful reality. Well, in heaven, there will be no more crying, no more tears. There will be no more weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be no more loneliness. All right, what else? Alertness. You know, the, the, the people on SNL, Saturday Night Live, they would tell you that they would be on these uh, cocaine binges because um, they needed to stay alert and be up all week and writing and stuff like that. Do you know that that our fatigue will go away in heaven in the way that we experience it now? Right. I mean, I, I don't know if there will be rest. I, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to understand all of that. I just know that that we will have no need of some type of of artificial substance to keep us alive and alert. It will be the glory of God that captivates us and keeps us wide awake and ready. Amen. Um, all right. What else? Um, how about how about how about the sex that that Lonnie Frisbee allegedly looked for in in men, women, and otherwise? Right. We were created. He's looking for that intimacy, and he's not finding it in certain groups of people. So he's looking for it in other groups of people. And yet, we were created for intimacy. Created for intimacy with God. We will have perfect intimacy. Now, that how we pervert that is after the fall. We look for it in the creature rather than the creator. We look for yep. it in the things that are created. We look for it in, in ourselves and in others instead of in God. We're we were designed to look for it in God. What else? I mean, give me a sin. Whatever you said, LSD, whatever it is, you give me a sin, and I think it's us seeking an attribute of God, maybe a lopsided attribute of God, and then twisting it to some perverted way of, of accessing that that attribute. Yeah, whether we are consciously looking for God or not, we're lo- we're looking for that. Well, we're looking for the things we were created to look for. Right. So, so I, I believe we we were created pleasure seekers. That's why I have no problem with the idea of Christian hedonism, that we were created to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We were created to seek the joy of the Lord as my strength, and there is pleasure at his right hand and joy forevermore. We were created for that type of longing. So we seek it. We just don't. We just don't know how to seek it. And we've talked about this. That C.S. Lewis idea. It's not that your passions are too strong. It's that they're too weak. It's that you'll settle for playing in the mud yes. because you cannot contemplate a vacation at the beach. Yes, that's good. So, so, so. I mean, I look at these people and I go, listen. You know, you know what will really jack up the, the the glasses that will really mess up the glasses that you put on to see the right way to fulfill your God created desires abuse, bad parenting, neglect, right? 
you want to start looking in all the wrong places for those things, have parents that don't show you God. Yeah. Have parents that abuse you. You know, I, I mean, and that's why there's such a sensitivity, I hope, with Christians for people that are going down the wrong path. Yeah. Because a lot of them are really damaged people from from parents, the world, um, you know, all types of abuse. And so, listen, the one thing that I try to leave every week, the, the, the message of, of every week, I want to leave us with hope. There is hope. Wherever you are today, wherever this message finds you, there is hope in Christ Jesus. Amen. He is the great physician that can heal your wounds. He is the lover of your soul. Like, turn to him and be healed. Yeah. All right. So we so, kind of got so, sidetracked. No, no. But okay. that, that's perfect because uh, the, the point I'm making is, is that God uh, uses uh, us as flawed people. He, he's able to accomplish his plans and purposes, and we see that with Moses. Uh, he knew what he was doing. He killed this Hebrew and buried him. He looked to the left. He looked to the right, yeah. you know, and he did what his thing. But you know what? David was an adulterer and a murderer. Paul persecuted the church. Like I think sometimes we we allow uh, Satan to live in our head rent free, to think that you know who am I? I'm not good enough. God can't use me or whatever. And we use it as a crutch to not pursue holiness or as a reason or excuse to not serve God. But here we see Moses, who is in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11. He was a murderer. But God used him right in a powerful I, 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 way. It's it's such it, it seems like whenever we get into these podcasts, we leave so much more on the bones of the text than we than we kind of elucidate in our conversations. Yeah. Right? Uh, maybe we we obfuscate. Big words. Maybe we obfuscate rather than elucidate. Right? Um, but anyways, are, you, are like, you doing something? Is there some kind of drug over there? Are you hallucinating? Yeah, I'm starting to mumble and ha I'm speaking in tongues. No. Uh, but Paul and Moses required some time out in the desert. That's right. You know, sometimes I think that we hop into the ministry without genuine repentance. Oh, yeah. And, and God, absolutely, the hall of faith in Hebrews 11 is replete, is, is everyone in it is a, is a flawed individual. In fact, there is no one that is free from sin, no one, uh, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, every last one of us. No one seeks after God. No one is righteous. No, not one, right? So that's all that God works with other than Christ himself, the second person of the Trinity. He right. deals with flawed, fallen individuals. But there, there is repentance and there is a striving for holiness without which we won't see the kingdom of God, right? Absolutely. We won't see God. Um. So I don't want to make it just like, hey, you know, and, and I think you made this already abundantly clear that it's not just, hey, we sin, get over it, we're going to be used. It's, you know, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I mean, that's Paul in Acts 26, 20, I believe. It's John the baptizer, you know, telling the Pharisees that came out. It's, it's, there is, there is the, the fruit of repentance that should be ever present in our life. We, we all must go through that, um, that refining, that the desert experience, right? But the, the, I guess part of the encouragement to me is, is that all things are possible with God. Oh, amen. Amen. You know, amen. I think that's the amen. encouragement. Amen. You know, well, God used a donkey. He used Lonnie Frisbee. He, 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 he used this, this musician to, you know, write just, 
I think some beautiful music. Some of it maybe I, I may not like as much, but you know, and so then when I look at myself in the mirror and I start questioning, you know, God's call in my life, I'm reminded of these things and it's very encouraging. Right. And that's exactly what first Timothy one fifteen and 16 is about. You know, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am protos first foremost, but I receive mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Like, look at me, how messed up I was a murderer of the church is what Paul is saying. And God uses me. Like, I am the example of what God does with flawed, fallen people. He restores you, he sets you on solid ground, and he calls you to serve him. And he was set, and Paul says he was set aside in his mother's womb. Yeah. And then God revealed himself to Paul at the perfect time. Um, yeah, uh, the, the part, two things. One, I love that you said that Moses looked to his left and his right. He knew he was doing wrong. Yeah. Uh, I know some people that say, listen, how, how in the world do you plan on sinning? How do you set a plan to sin? How do you plan on getting drugs or plan on going to this hotel room with someone that's not your wife? How do you plan on these things? That's what you're to notice in Moses when he looks around. He knows that this is not of God. This is on his own initiative that he's going to murder somebody. Yeah. Um, and so that's what it looks like to plan sin. And then the other thing is um, uh, Chuck Smith talks about the – the um, Lonnie Frisbee showing up at his house. But in the movie, you said it was with his girlfriend. In an interview, uh, Chuck Smith said, and, and by the way, he did mention that his wife was the one that said, we need to be loving and ministering to these hippies. Yeah. And Chuck Smith said, we don't need these hippies in our house. We need them in the bathtub getting cleaned up or something. You know, like he thought of them as, you know, I mean, he was looking down on them and his oh, wife absolutely. was the one that really loved and ministered. But, but it was his a guy that was wanting to date Chuck Smith's daughter that picked up Lonnie Smith on the road or in seminary or something like that. That's it. I think they were in seminary class together. And he said, man, you've got to talk to this guy. And he, and he, this boyfriend to be of Chuck Smith's daughter brought Lonnie Smith to his front door. So Chuck Smith said the door, you know, he hears a knock at the door and he knows that there's this guy coming to date his daughter and he shows up with what, you know, looks like Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because <laughs> Lonnie Smith looked, I mean, what yeah. the stereotypical, uh, you know, whitewashed Jesus looks like. He said he shows up at my door and I thought, uh oh, the boyfriend brought Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah. Well, uh, this is a good place to stop. Listener, thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, I hope that you find it encouraging, or at least as encouraging as I do, that uh, nothing is impossible for God or all things are possible for God, putting that more positive spin on it. Uh, that just really encourages me, and I, I probably needed that today. Uh, until we see you tomorrow, open your Bible and be blessed.